If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. Well, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to have a guest on today who is a fellow podcaster. And I I will say she's something of a podcast maven. She's very experienced. She's had a, a fantastic show for a while, and I've enjoyed listening to it. A while back, Angie wrote me an email, and we exchanged a couple of emails. And anyway, she's got an amazing story about her journey to faith and to the church. And so I invited her to come on and and tell her story. So welcome to Considering Catholicism, Angie Griffith. Oh my goodness. It feels so crazy to be on your show. I'm (laughs) such a huge fan. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm honored. Totally surreal. Yeah. Okay. So I am Angie Griffith, as you said. A little bit about me. In March of 2021, I left a decade plus career in the music business. I was an artist manager to pursue entrepreneurship, specifically the online business space and see what I could do online. So hey, don't want to interrupt. Just for a little context, though, the music business, not like in the Hollywood music business, but Nashville. You want to see a little Nashville. about that? Nashville. Because yeah. I think, see, because I think that's a cool part of your story because I'm a huge fan of the music that has been in Nashville. So I don't want to leave that out. Yeah. Nashville is a magical city. I yeah. mean, I'm so grateful for the decade that I spent in the Nashville music scene. And I'm I'm still grateful. I, I live in Nashville still. I've been here about 15 years. And once you're integrated into the community, you can't really escape. So now I just get the perks without having to sell my soul. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. My wife and I yeah. love country music. So yeah, same. I, yeah, I, I, I'm starting to love it more now that I'm not working it every single day, right? starting to like get my groove back with country music. But yeah, so I actually, long story short, during the pandemic, we had to pull down all of our tours and that was the majority of our revenue. And so during that time, all of us senior executive level managers were tasked for the first time in our careers with actually going out and finding new business. Because as a manager, usually the offers come to us, we say yes or no. (laughs) And so I was tasked with building out our first ever podcast division. And then after about a year of doing that, when I left the company, it was all on great terms. Everyone knew I was leaving. It was just a weird timing thing with the pandemic. So it was all great. But I was able to take a client with me on a retainer in podcasting. And then I figured out my own way in podcasting, started a podcast for podcasters, which has since evolved, started a business for podcasters, which has since evolved. Now I focus on helping podcasters to monetize their shows, which is primarily through programmatic ads, which are those 30-second ads that sound like radio ads that I'm sure the listener has heard in many podcasts. Also through Apple Podcast subscriptions and through integrated sponsorships. And then as I, as you mentioned, I host a podcast which has evolved into more of a casual show just about my own personal diaries, conversations with friends of mine on topics that I find to be interesting. And it's called You Get What I'm Saying. And... 
Overall, business-wise, I will say the online gurus make online business seem a lot easier than it is because it is quite a challenging industry to figure out and to actually become an overnight success that's promised to you is like not not very realistic in my experience. So I have been nannying, which is the majority of my income right now, and just kind of figuring out what my next steps professionally are. But yeah, that's just a little bit about me and then how we met is I started listening to Considering Catholicism in the spring of 2023. So it was around February or March, I believe, because I was interested in exploring Catholicism. And then I emailed you in November because you had just published episode 150 where you were mentioning you were considering working with more sponsors and like what that could look like. And I just thought, what a a great opportunity to slide into the email inbox of (laughs) one of my favorite podcasters. That's awesome. Yeah. It was a great surprise to hear from you. And then I got so excited because I went back and you had had an episode where you used to hold your faith journey. And I went back and listened to that. And I was just really, really enraptured by this story. And then I wrote you an email back saying, I was really moved by this. And I wanted to just, if nothing else, just to encourage you because it was a really, really moving story. And then said, hey, would you ever consider coming on and sharing that story with our listeners? And you were gracious enough to take the time to do that. So here we are. I was so honored. Oh my goodness. And this is the first time I've ever talked about this on any other platform besides my podcast. So this is an exclusive. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. (laughs) Exclusive. Uh, I don't think I've ever had an exclusive before. This is cool. Now you can say you have. I can say I have. (laughs) So share your story, Angie, because I think that it's going to resonate with so many listeners and the parts and pieces of their own lives. You're just such a bright and articulate presenter. I'm going to kind of get out of your way and let you go. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to share this story. And and I do agree a lot of people, even if they don't realize it, will pick pieces out where they can pick out a point in their life where they have explored the same things that I'll tell you that I've explored. And I guess my overall message is just... I think it's healthy to explore all different things because we want to we want to really understand what we believe. We don't want to just believe something because someone tells us to believe it. But you do have to be really careful because one thing can lead to another and next thing you know you you are making up your own religion, which is in a nutshell what I've done over my life. But the whole entire story, let's see. Okay. My dad, growing up, my dad's family was Catholic, but it wasn't type of Catholicism where we ever went to mass or anything. It's just they were Catholic because the whole family has always been Catholic. I think I went to mass one time and I was about eight years old and went up to take communion. (laughs) And (laughs) I just remember the priest like making me feel super uncomfortable and I never wanted to go back. So, but I had no idea what I was doing and had no guidance because again, we didn't actually ever go to church. My mom's family was Presbyterian, but didn't really go to church either because they lived about four hours away. So we would only go when we were visiting them. And then my mom married my stepdad when I was seven and his family was Lutheran. So when I was seven, I was baptized into the Lutheran church. I started attending weekly Sunday school. I got confirmed at the age of 12. My stepdad taught Sunday school. So very like going through all the motions of being a Lutheran. 
But at the same time, my mom was super into a bunch of new age stuff. So particularly mediumship, psychic abilities, past life regression, Reiki, that kind of stuff. And she had all of these books by psychic mediums. And I would read all of her books like as a small child, preteen. And my mom and I would connect about all of this new age stuff. We would talk about new age way more than the Bible. Like I would say we went to church just to say we went to church, but we didn't come home and really talk about it. But we would talk about all the new age stuff. And then in my teens, my family actually stopped going to church altogether, but it was kind of like a slow fade out because my mom had three babies back to back. We had some stuff going on in the family. And around that time, I just personally felt really disconnected from the church as well. Even though I'd gone through confirmation, I had done all the motions, but I still never had like a firm root in like what I actually believe and why. I was just believing it because they told me to believe it. Started to smoke a lot of weed in high school, try out different drugs in high school. And I will say, I know so many people disagree with me when I say this, (laughs) but I really think weed ruined my life. Like it led to such a lack of interest, a lack of ambition, a lack of drive. I quit cheerleading that I loved. I never took my SATs. I never took my senior yearbook photo. I didn't apply to college. And these are all things that like I would have never done before I started smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> and essentially, I just I kind of wasn't even thinking about Jesus or church or anything, just kind of like living in my own world with no guidance whatsoever. Then when I was 19, started actually living with my boyfriend and... We we did we decided we were going to stop doing drugs. We were going to stop smoking weed, and we focused on running his family business. So not great that we were living together and all of that, but did kind of like turn our lives around a bit. And then at age twenty one, I moved to Nashville because I had this dream to be a songwriter. To make a very long story short, studied music business at Belmont University, which is a Christian university here in Nashville, and so that was really great because I got to study the Bible. And really learn more about New Testament, Old Testament, and a bunch of other just just things that I had never learned as an adult or like never cared to research. So that was cool. But again, no, no real connection, just kind of learning. I was like, oh, this is what the Bible says. I definitely don't believe anyone lived in the mouth of a whale kind of thing. (laughs) So that was where I was there. And then in my early 20s, I actually started dating a Catholic. And Mm. this was really interesting for me because this was the first not only the first boyfriend that I had, but like the first person in my life that had ever really taken the time to like pray with me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was really special and something that I now that's like what I've been looking for is like somebody that I can grow in faith in the way that he started to grow in faith with me. He gifted me a Bible, taught me a lot about what it means to be a Christian, taught me a lot about the Catholic mass, but didn't didn't force me to go to mass. He he more so just wanted me to reignite my faith and it was going to be better absorbed by going to like a traditional like non-denominational big mm-hmm. mega church and I think right. he knew that. So we would go to Catholic mass at some sometimes but mainly we were going to like a bigger non-denominational church and I became super into church around that time. I started writing worship songs. I started I actually led children's worship a few times at church. Um, And I will say I went all in for a few years, but 
still it was, I always say like that seed fell on rocky ground because like it, it was there, but like there was no root. So it didn't, it didn't stick long term. Cause again, I was always missing this personal relationship with Jesus. Like it, it was, it all sounded great, but I, I never really like believed it. It never really sunk in. And then a few years after we broke up, I stumbled upon a book that I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with, which is called The Secret. <laughs> and I was just... I remember I read that book front to back on a plane ride, I think from Nashville to Los Angeles, and just became like so fascinated with this whole concept of the law of attraction, which I had never really dug into much before. Can, can you just um, briefly explain what that is? Yeah. So the law of attraction, I mean, I'm not no expert by any means, but yeah, basically no, but... just like you, you think things into existence. Like if, if you want to attract, let's say you want to attract a relationship, like you, you feel as if you're already in that relationship and you write down exactly what you're looking for. And you, you essentially try to like raise your vibration to the version right. of yourself that would already be in that situation. And then that will manifest itself in reality. Right. Yeah. So Got super interested in that and trying to just manifest everything I wanted in life instead of praying and just following a relationship with the Lord. Like I was trying to be in control of it. And I basically just created this whole new religion in my head. So I would I would say I was a Christian if anyone asked me, but really I was just picking and choosing what parts of the Bible I was cool with um, and then just filling in the gaps with whatever sounded great to me. And it, it was one of those things where like I would never... I would never deny Jesus. Like my whole life, you could have gun to my head. I would always say I believed in Jesus, but it was always out of fear of what would happen in case it's true. Like we'd like, what's the harm in saying you believe it? So that was always just the kind of thing I dealt with is I, I never really believed it, but I wouldn't say I didn't believe it. Right. And then because I was not, I, maybe not even because I was into all of this law of attraction stuff, but just it, happened to be around the same time, which I could draw a conclusion that it's related is I stopped going to church and just, I don't know, I, that whole season, I was just kind of living in this religion that I had made up in my head and I didn't, I didn't see the point of going to church. And then when I was 29, so this was spring of 2017, my dad got really sick with cirrhosis of the liver and this was a six-month six period from his diagnosis till the time he passed. That was the most difficult, challenging season of my entire life. I was his only daughter. Everything fell on me. Um, and so I had to figure something out as far as like my faith and what I believed. And by the way, I just want a, a little caveat there because cirrhosis of the liver is a very serious thing. But in case anyone's listening and you have... <laughs> You, you have that or something. I always say the reason, or I, I believe the reason he passed away so fast is because he gave up. Like he did not try. He didn't stop drinking alcohol. I just want the listener to like not think cirrhosis of the liver is a death sentence because it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be. Mm -hmm. So anyways, around this time, I just craved something stable, like something traditional. I wanted a church that I could show up and just get the feeling of being in that Lutheran church when I was a kid. And I wanted I wanted to be surrounded by like grandparents. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I had no interest in going to a non-denominational church. Mm -hmm. I just, I needed the stability in my life. Mm -hmm. So I decided to join uh, a Presbyterian church. And I will say around this time, like God worked so many amazing miracles in my life. It was, like I said, the hardest season the hardest thing I've ever walked through is my dad's illness. And also 
the Holy Spirit like filled me during this time, like in ways that like I, I it's hard to even explain. But for instance, my dad and I had never talked about Jesus. We'd never talked about Christianity, heaven, hell, but like I just knew that. I wanted to share that with him before he died because we had never talked about it. And I didn't, I wanted to make sure my dad was saved or at least my dad felt comforted in knowing that I believe he's going somewhere amazing. And so, so for someone who's never had that conversation with a parent, you really need courage. And that courage could have only yeah. come from the Holy Spirit to have those conversations to actually pray for my dad and like pray with him, kind of drawing on the feeling I got when that boyfriend had prayed with me. I wanted to give that to my dad. So that was that was really special. And I also think that God knew my strengths and weaknesses and prepared the way for me. So it did all fall on me as his only child, but I think God worked through two other really important people in my life, which is my uncle and my cousin that helped out when they didn't have to. And, and their strengths were where I lacked in strength. And so just really grateful for them. And I know that had to be a God thing in that season. This is another really long story that we we don't have time to tell, but essentially by like this crazy miracle, $123,000 of student loan debt was just wiped for me wow. <laughs> like completely around this time. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say in this time is the Holy Spirit. I really think God can like stop time in a, in a crazy way because from the time my dad passed until... The so my dad passed, and then I'm back in Nashville was a 10 day period. So, in all of that time, my dad died. I had to plan the funeral, I had to pack up his apartment, I had to get stuff donated, I had to sell stuff, I had to move stuff down to Nashville to sort it, deal with it later. And in that 10 day period, like you would think, how does one person get all of that done? But I was never stressed. I was just so at peace and mm. never felt rushed. Like, I, and there's no other way to explain that than like the Holy Spirit, like really just like was upon me in that time. So in this season, although it was really difficult, it was really impactful in my faith journey because I saw all of this happening and I was recognizing it even at the time. But here's the thing. This is like the devil is a trickster. So as my dad was dying, I remember I had heard from some new age person. I want to say it was a psychic medium that I had followed, but he had said that if someone's dying, we all want signs from our loved ones. And that's a big thing in like the new age is like getting signs from loved ones after they pass, whether it's cardinals or a certain flower, butterflies or uh, dragonflies, whatever. But what the psychic medium had said is... If someone is still alive and you are clear with them on what sign you want them to bring you, it's easier in the afterlife for them to do that. And I like hung on to this. And so when my dad was on his deathbed, like taking his last breaths, I was very clear with him. And I said, I want you to send me white roses. Mm. And what's unbelievable is the amount of white roses that came to me after he died was like, absolutely insane. I received so many white roses that I I would always take pictures and like keep track. And I had to stop keeping track because I I literally couldn't keep up. I also around this time started having quite a few, what a lot of people would say are visitation dreams. I'm putting that in air quotes, Mm -hmm. but they weren't good. They were 
bad. Like every time my dad would come to me in a dream, he was sick and scared and lost. And I just didn't really know what to make out of that. And so what I started doing is seeking out answers, not in the Bible, but seeking out answers in mediums, Mm -hmm. which for the listener, if you're not familiar, it's essentially someone who claims to communicate with those that have passed. Mm -hmm. And the devil masquerades as an angel of light. And so I, I know all of these mediums that I've been in contact with and my friends that are mediums, they have the, the, the best hearts. Like mm-hmm. they truly believe they're doing amazing light work. And what I'm starting to discover is it's pretty demonic. Mm-hmm. And I don't, obviously the Bible says we're not to consult mediums <laughs> for a reason. And it just, it can get really, it can start to veer you away. So Mm -hmm. because I started seeking out all of this connection to my dad through mediums, and also I started to explore like connecting with my guardian angels and connecting with archangels. So I even had an angel messenger, which again, she's the most beautiful human, (laughs) but not something we should be doing as Christians. I became obsessed around this time because of all the white roses. This is what this is what sparked it all is like, wow, this is so real. Became obsessed with energetics and manifestation. Again, the law of attraction, meditation, lucid dreaming. I was trying to lucid dream. I was collecting crystals. I was into astrology, past life regression. Like all of this stuff, I just became so obsessed with it and just finding answers in all of these ways because it made so much sense. And I'm, then the presbyterian... I'm going uh, to just want to put a pin in that for us to come back to later. And I know we're going to have another conversation after this one. I, I just want to put a pin in this, this notion that it made sense because that's something yeah. I'm going to explore later that why all of this sort of made more sense than Christianity. So we'll come back to that. But I, I want to remember that because I think that's one of the things that's so fascinating about the new age. Like it's this buffet table of a whole bunch of cobbled together Frankenstein religious practices and occult practices. But when you're in it, it somehow has this weird internal logic. So we'll mm-hmm. come back to that. Okay, perfect. And then around this time, again, it's like one thing leads to another and it's connected somehow because I was so obsessed with all with all this new age stuff. Again, always still claiming to be a Christian, but like in a way that I wanted it to be, like in what I thought the Bible meant. And so I started, I felt really disconnected from the Presbyterian church. I just felt like I was going through the motions, had no desire to go there anymore. Like immediately when my dad died, I stopped going to church. And then I, I was trying to find another church home in Nashville. Um because it wasn't that I didn't want to go to church. I just didn't want to go to that church anymore. And what is interesting to me is it seems like the devil snuck in, in that way too, because I found a problem with every single church. Like one of the churches was too big. I couldn't find connections with people. One of them, I couldn't connect with anyone in my small group. One of them, I didn't like the building it was in. One of them was very clicky. Like I felt like it was a very pretentious crowd. All of my Christian friends, because I have a lot of Christian friends and it, it felt like they were all 
just holier than thou. And like, I just didn't want to be associated with it because it all felt really fake and showy to me. And in 2018 is when I gave up on trying to find a church. I mean, I had tried every church in Nashville (laughs) and I found a problem with every single one of them. And then I just, again, just fell back into just whatever my own religion is. I don't need church. And so what I say is from 2018 to 2023, the devil won the battle, but we know who's winning the war. Okay. Because here's what happened. So in 2023, I... I will never forget this like revelation. I found this podcast called The Exorcist Files. And what it is for the person listening, because I bet the listener is going to actually love this podcast if you have not yet discovered it. It is basically... Okay, there's this priest. His name is Father Carlos Martins. And he is an exorcist, but he also collects and restores relics. And the podcast is a limited series podcast. So their season one is out now. And then as we're recording this, I think they're working on season two. But season one follows all of these stories of different exorcisms that he has performed. And he goes into really awesome detail about why certain strategies works and like what what he's learned over the years and how the bible describes what's happening in an exorcism and like all these things like he just taught me so much about this whole world of demons and exorcisms and this started to really ignite a curiosity in me because i was like wow i i didn't realize how legalistic demons are. And I know you've talked about it on your podcast before too, but demons are incredibly legalistic. And because of how legalistic demons are, I was like, wow, the Bible is actually starting to make sense. Like I understand the demonic world and that actually is clicking in my brain. And then I started thinking, well, if demons are real, then obviously that means angels are real. And obviously, if angels are real, that means the Bible must be real. And if the Bible is real, then Jesus must be real. So it's 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 unbelievable how this curiosity in demons led me to believing in Jesus, like in a real way, believing right. in Jesus. Right. It's almost like and, a gateway because once you, just as you say, once you sort of um, pull one one thread on that thing, it all starts to unravel because all of a sudden you start to realize it's real. And if this is real, then this is real, this is real. And you start to get this sense of the bigger reality, which all of that new age occultism stuff is obscuring so that you can't really see it. Exactly. And because of how much I was researching about exorcisms and this demonic realm, I was thinking to myself, well, really, the only people that are performing exorcisms are Catholics. <laughs> like, Obviously, Catholics are onto something. Like they have something figured out. I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole about deliverance, which is a whole different thing. But as mm-hmm. far as like the rite of exorcism, mm-hmm. Catholics have really studied this. And like that's if I felt like I was possessed, I'd be going to a Catholic church, no matter what denomination I was. And so I started to get curious about Catholicism and I YouTubed how to become a Catholic. And it was a really great short video where the guy recommended a bunch of books to buy, searched in Apple Podcasts about Catholicism, which is how I discovered Considering Catholicism. Good old Apple Podcast search. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I started binging all of your episodes, started reading the Bible again, which is crazy. It's like, that is one thing that is unique about this seed that is planted is this is the first season where I'm really seriously opening my Bible and just reading it, which I feel like is really helping my faith to grow. 
and read the Baltimore Catechism, talked to a bunch of friends and family members that are Catholic, real Catholic family members, not the ones that I mentioned earlier that like never go to church. But I do have other family members that are actually really Catholic. And they were so happy to hear me say that I was considering becoming a Catholic. And ultimately, I just decided this is what I need in this season of my life. And it's not because... I think that Catholicism is the only way to heaven because I don't think that. But what it is for me is Catholicism is giving me the answers and the structure that I need to finally truly believe in the word of God. I would say it helps. And and I feel like this is something you say, which is probably where I got this, but Catholicism helps me to not only have love as a noun in my heart for Jesus, but also practice love as a verb in a way that I never had before. And so since January, I've been going to weekly mass and, but I do have some non-denominational stuff still sprinkled in because nobody goes to Catholic mass for the homily. So like sometimes I will go to a (laughs) non-denom. I will listen to a lot of non-denom podcasts. Yeah. I started actually thinking about my sins. I had my first confession recently, awesome. which was a very interesting experience. Yeah. I, this is a huge one for me is I started actually dating with intention, mm-hmm. that which I had never done before. I'm 36 and single. And I, I was always wondering like, why am I not married yet? And it's, it, it's crazy. I heard this in a podcast and I just want to like share it with the listener. Someone needs to hear this. But throughout all of my dating life, I put so much weight on chemistry. Mm -hmm. Like I would immediately, if I don't have chemistry, it's not happening. I want to like laugh and like have fun and I want it to be easy. And what I heard in a, I think it was a dating podcast recently is some therapist or something was saying, chemistry is your nervous system recognizing what's familiar. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy cow, that's why I'm in this perpetual cycle of dating the same person over and over again. That's horrible for me, but it's because we have chemistry because my nervous system is like, Oh, this is, this is comfortable, but it's bad. So what I started doing is like writing down, if I want a godly marriage, what am I looking for? Mm -hmm. Like, what do I want in a partner? And just started dating in that way. And it's been the best season of dating. Yeah. It it has been, I just got to jump in here for a second because I spent probably half my career doing campus ministry, university ministry to college students. Oh, okay. So on and off. I mean, there was a period there, even while I was working in publishing and and all that, where my wife and I ran a campus ministry with like 40, 50 kids at a a nearby college. And so they were over at our house for dinners every night and just mentored a lot of them. So like walking through this with 21, 22, 23-year-olds, 10,000 conversations. And one of the things that I always used to say to them that would like knock a mom off center was that among everything else that a marriage is, you're creating a small business. Yes. Because two people are going to enter into uh, a covenantal relationship in which they buy and hold property. They have to manage assets. They have to work together to accomplish day-to-day tasks. They try to grow the enterprise by having children. And at, at a certain level, you're looking for a business partner that you can build because that's what the family is in some sense. And that's why for thousands of years, you had arranged marriages or people would structure this because it was really thoughtful. Like this person and this person together can make this work. And so I remember having all a thousand kids over to the house for dinner and going, hey, I know you're all tingly and everything else, but you know, make sure that what you're doing here is you're entering into something that 
is stable and that you can build build a household. Yes. Oh my goodness. I could not agree more. And so anyway, I took you off. I took you off there, but the, that's the campus pastor in me sort of coming out, but I, I can't let that one go. So. Uh, no, it's such an important topic because yeah, I mean, I feel like speaking of arranged marriages, sorry, just a, a quick tangent off of that. I, I can't talk about this too much because it's so new, but I will say for your audience, this is an exclusive for your audience is <laughs> I did start seeing someone recently and we actually, I, I, throughout this past year, I've been keeping a running checklist in my phone of all the things I want in a godly marriage and like everything that I desire in a relationship. And we went through that checklist and every single thing was checked off. And what I thought to myself is this feels like an arranged marriage, but arranged by God. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what a better matchmaker yeah. than the that's Lord himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it should so, be. And that's why, and that's why I don't really, I've never really been able to understand the people who are like, well, We've been dating for seven years. Like, what, what, what is this? Either it's either it's on the trajectory that's going to be something or it's not. Like, how long does it take to figure that out? But anyway, I've taken you totally off meme with your Amen. story, Angie. Amen. Okay, so we're kind of nearing the end, but I let's see. In April of 2023 is when I finally reached out to the Catholic Church. Kind of special. I reached out to the same Catholic Church that I'd gone to with that boyfriend that I told you about because it felt familiar. You want to give um, a, you want to give a plug to your parish and your pastor? Sure. It's Christ the King on Belmont Boulevard in Nashville. It's a big Absolutely parish. love it. Yeah. It's big. I, I love it so much. And I, I began RCIA in August of 2023 for anyone listening. It's what is it? Right. The of, right of Christian initiation for adults. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Started that in August of 2023. So that's every Wednesday night. Um, I thought going into it, I thought that it was going to be like classes and it is to a certain extent, but it's more like a small group. And we go through what we go through is basically a condensed version of the catechism. And it has been so eye-opening and just so, again, just answering all these questions that I've had and getting to talk to other people that are in my similar faith journey. And we all have, everyone that's going through RCIA, we have a sponsor. So it's somebody who's already in the Catholic church that kind of helps guide us. It's just been a really, really cool experience. And I'm really grateful to the Catholic church for actually making this a requirement before you can just become a Catholic because I'm really going to understand what it means to be a Catholic mm -hmm. when I'm done with this. So yeah. it's a great, great process. Now there was yeah. something that you had said in your earlier on your podcast, when you were talking about your journey, there was a moment there when you, you burned your Ouija boards and ground down your crystals and all that. You want to talk about that whole sort of like, cause there was a point at which you had to finally put that behind you, right? You want to unpack yes, that Yes, absolutely. So throughout this time of being in RCIA and, and going through this whole new, it's like a new spiritual awakening for me, I have started absorbing more Christian content. So there's this amazing app, if your listener wants to check it out, it's called Through the Word, where you essentially read the whole Bible cover to cover in like 15 to 20 minutes a day. I've really loved that. My mom and I are going through it. And The Chosen is like a, a show about Jesus and his disciples, which has been profound for me just to Good. to really get Good. to know the disciples like name to a face Good. it just really helps you to like make a connection like this is these were real human beings right so the chosen has been awesome for me i've been watching a lot of christian movies and i'm going to get to what you asked me don't worry but another movie i just wanted to shout out here cuz i just love talking to another person that's considering catholicism cuz there's so much that i have uncovered but there's actually a movie called nefarious it is 
such an interesting story about it's supposed to be like a psychological thriller and it is about this man who's on death row and he's possessed by a demon but the way that this demon speaks through this person and explains again like the legalities of the demonic realm like it is so insightful and i feel comfortable sharing this on your podcast because father carlos martins actually i saw him post on facebook everyone should watch this movie so i was like okay i'm validated like i agree it it is it is one that i i think everyone should watch okay but then around this time too is when i started discovering that there are there's a whole community of ex new agers is kind of like what I've like coined this term for them but basically like people that were psychic mediums or they were whatever they were doing astrology even yoga a lot of people that were practicing yoga converted to christianity not necessarily catholicism but just a lot of a lot of former new agers denouncing like everything mm-hmm. and committing their lives to Jesus. And a lot of what they were doing is removing all of the new age stuff from their home. So for instance, there's a former psychic medium. Her name is Doreen Virtue. And she, everything she had for sale for like, I think she had a decades plus career. Like she had been doing this for a long time, took it all down, burned her whole business to the ground. And now she has a podcast for people in her her shoes just kind of like shouting from the rooftops, hey, mm-hmm. don't seek out psychic mediums. And so what all of these people had done, which I found fascinating, is they went through their homes and they removed everything with a new age influence. So for me, I felt like it's not, I don't think God would hate me for having a book about astrology in my home, but it really solidified my decision to go through my home and all of this money that I had spent and all this stuff just to get rid of it was really freeing for me. So I had books upon books upon books about psychic development, mediumship, past life regression, astrology, name charts, human design, ghosts. I was really into ghosts, really into spirit guides. And I, I took all of those books and I burned them in my next door neighbor's bonfire. We had this whole like book burning ceremony for me because they're Christians and they were they had been trying to speak into me for years. And so that was like a really special thing that we did together is burn all of that new age stuff. I took my crystals over there. I smashed all my crystals. I burned my sage. I burned all of my tarot cards, which were mainly like angel messengers, spirit postcards from spirit kind Mm -hmm. of cards and went through. And this was actually really eye-opening as I went through my Apple podcast app and unsubscribed from all of my new age podcasts gas, which come to find out was like 90% of the shows I was listening to. So that was super eye-opening. And I was really grateful for podcasts like yours that have come in to replace those. So yeah, that was that was really freeing. I'm really glad I did all of that. I actually had written my own journal that I was selling on Amazon uh, about... It was basically a five-minute daily abundance attraction journal, Mm. but the language in it was universal, law of attraction, that kind Mm. of stuff. So I took that off of Amazon, burned all the copies. Well, I actually have some copies in my garage that I forgot to burn, but those are getting burned. And yeah, so everything's gone. And my initiation into the Catholic Church, I don't know when this episode is publishing, but... It's um, next week. So before, before, yeah. Yeah, I want okay, to get this. So January seven. So January seven, we're all going to be praying for Angie on Thank January seven as she enters the Catholic Church. And I, I mean, like I said, the story, your, your story is so moving to me in a lot of different ways, right? I mean, like 
like there's there's movements through your story, the, the brokenness coming out of your family. There's some of the frustrations that you've gone through in your career, in your life. And then there's and then there's the whole new age thing and the occult and like all of these things sort of weaving together in your story. And it's really powerful. And I think I think that I get a lot of emails from listeners and they all come from different places. But one of the things I've always felt about how God works in our lives is it's like, if you think of this giant mountain, right? And everybody starts at a different place on the bottom of the mountain, like 360 degrees around it. So everyone has this different starting place and everybody follows a different trail. But as they get closer and closer to the summit, all of those trails converge. And I think one of the things that's so exciting about the church and especially the church of 20 centuries and 24 time zones and all that kind of stuff and all the people from every tribe, lung, language, and nation is that all of these people start from different places, but as they come together and they approach the summit, which is Jesus Christ, their, their paths converge and mm-hmm. they become one in the church. And so I just thought, wow, Angie's story is so great because I bet there's a lot of different people out there who are listening and they're going to pick up on one part of it or another what's a final thing that you can say in this episode? And then we're going to carry it over and talk some more. I want to give a plug to a listener to listen to the next episode because we're going to go a little bit, go a little bit deeper, take that pin out and talk about the new age and the occult and that experience. But what's something else that you want to say to encourage anybody else out there who is considering Catholicism? For anyone else out there that's considering Catholicism... What I will say is, and I do want to say one more thing too, mm-hmm. unrelated to that question. Yeah. But if you're considering Catholicism, I just really encourage you to keep listening to this podcast. <laughs> if this <laughs> is your first episode, I am not kidding you. I mean, you have impacted my journey in such a big way because you have such a gift in the way you explain things. Like when I hear you explain something, it makes sense again. Like it it never made sense to me before. And not just Catholicism, but like the Bible in general. Like I just I really appreciate you. Thank you um, so much. And I really appreciate this podcast. So do a deep dive. Also, don't be afraid to explore the darker sides because for me that really led me to the lighter sides in the right way. So yeah, that's what I would say to that. But I do wanna I wanna say something else just for Anyone who's in the online business entrepreneurial journey mm. that I've been in, I, I know a lot of people see all these gurus online and like they make it look so easy to just make a lot of money online and, and do whatever, you know, anyone can do it. But for the first year of my business, I, I was under the impression that I was going to manifest it all. Like I had all of this pressure on myself. If I believe it hard enough, I can make anything come true. I can make all of my dreams come true if I believe it hard enough. And that was the most stressful thing I could have done to myself because in reality, that's not how it works. <laughs> and when I finally decided to surrender my business to God. And like, and it wasn't in a way like, Hey, God, make money for me in this business. It was more just like, God, if you want this for me, like help me. But if not, I'm okay to set it down. Like, I just want your peace to be over me. And I want to build a business in the way that you want me to build a business or not, whatever it looks like. Like I just, I surrender this to you because I've tried everything and like nothing can work. And since then my 
anxiety has gone down so much. I'm just so open to whatever opportunities come my way. I'm not tied to my one idea of what success looks like for me anymore. I'm just open to whatever God has planned and everything has worked out. Like when you walk with God, it's easy. Like you don't have to worry about it. He just kind of shows up and and it's not going to look exactly like you thought, but it in my experience it's been even better. And and I can see how he's preparing the way for me before I even know where I'm headed, Amen. if that makes sense. And I've heard go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead. I was just going to say what I've heard a lot is that the devil's a sugar daddy. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll give you all of this stuff, but it doesn't come for free. Right. Yeah. And in my experience, it's even worse because in my experience, the devil promised to be a sugar daddy, but he never delivered. So right. I was just perpetually running on this hamster wheel. And now I just get to embrace God's promises for my life, whatever that looks like. And I'm so much, so much happier to be on that path. So I just wanted to leave on that note. <laughs> I just want to affirm you because you are clearly very bright. You're clearly very articulate. You're a person with so much to offer. And I know that God is going to use you in ways that you can't even imagine how he's going to use you. And whether those are online or on the air and being a on-air podcast, YouTube celebrity, or it's just quietly making a difference in the life of your family and your friends or your community. I just know that God is going to use you in all powerful ways. Thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, thanks for I coming on. That. And everybody just be praying for Angie, January 7th, Christ the King, fantastic parish there in Nashville. And she's going to be entering the Catholic church. So we're all going to be praying for you and stick with us because Angie and I are going to take a breather here and then we're going to record another episode and we're going to do a deep dive into this whole thing about the new age and the occult. And I know that you're all going to want to hear that. So thanks. Thanks for listening. And please visit our website, consideringcatholicism.com. Please, 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 please leave reviews on Apple Podcasts because that's what moves the magic algorithms so that we become a little bit more visible. And go check out the YouTube channel. We're starting to play a little bit with some videos there. And as always, go to the podcast, go to the website. And if God moves you, please support the podcast. One of the things we're trying to do is to keep this a ministry and avoid having a lot of ads so that we can reach people like Angie and others. And we appreciate your support.